And I kind of in the back of my mind thought, if nothing else, you know, this will be a platform that we can transact on ourselves if people didn't want to use it. Welcome to Two Sided, the Marketplace Podcast, brought to you by ShareTribe. Hi, I'm Stuart, CMO at ShareTribe, and I am your host. For this episode, I talked to Michael DiGiorgio, founder and CEO of Craxi, a marketplace for commercial real estate. This is an area, uh, as you'll hear, which I knew absolutely nothing about, but it turns out to be an actually fascinating industry, which was ripe for some serious disruption, as you'll hear. I talked with Mike about how to build productivity tools for one side of the marketplace, and also about how instead of getting rid of the middleman, which is something that you often see when marketplaces enter a space, Craxi actually embraced the middleman. This was a really intriguing talk, and I think there are some great insights in here for anyone building a marketplace business. Enjoy. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Stuart. Really nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Hey, before we dive super into the deep world of Craxi, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah, my name is Mike. I was born on the East Coast, the United States. Started my career about 11 years ago now in commercial real estate. I started it at a company called Auction.com, where we were trying to change the way people bought and sold both residential and commercial real estate. Uh, I was one of the first people on their commercial division. So I was really trying to take commercial real estate transactions online into online auctions, uh, where I got a pretty good sense of the ecosystem, the software available in our space, and some of the deficiencies in our space. I spent about four years there, had 10 different roles while I was there, did everything from broker deals to be an auctioneer on auction day and oversaw multiple different teams uh, during my run there and then left about five years ago to form Crexy. All right. So there was already effectively a marketplace, auction.com? It was really just a different way to transact. I was uh, taking the traditional process, which is you know very manual and bringing it to an online auction. Auctions were still at the time, we're a known way of transacting commercial real estate and residential real estate, typically for distressed real estate. Uh, what we did was really just bring that auction part online. The rest of our process was uh, still very much like a broker. All right. Yeah. Was that a big operation? So when we started, I was you know maybe one of the first five people on the commercial division. My After being there for about three years, we had raised a large round from Google Capital. We raised $50 million at a $1.2 billion valuation company grew to a thousand plus people during my time there. And then I left. So it got big over time. Yeah. And so you left and then immediately after you started Crexy, or did you leave really to start Crexy? Left to start Crexy. I was pushed by a former mentor of mine over drinks one night to kind of throw a lobbed a question at me asking what I would do if I could go kind of out of my own. And I responded by telling him, I think there's a way to bring really everything about commercial real estate, leasing, transacting data online in an intuitive way that's not out there. And I would go start that company. And he became my first investor. And I left my career behind about a month and a half later to go start Crexy. All right. So basically, you are this, well, let's say, hardcore real estate veteran. And during your time at auction, you were just thinking, oh, we could do this so much better. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think especially, you know, at first I was very bought into the vision. I think over time, as I learned 
how to transact commercial real estate really well. I probably sold 600 commercial real estate properties during my time (laughs) there as I kind of started to learn the different ways commercial real estate was sold and really started to get to know some of the software that was available to us in the space because we still used other software platforms to help our process. I started to see that there was none I really believed in and there was a much better way of doing it. And a lot of them were really, you know, antiquated kind of web 1.0 version technology that I thought could be enhanced and taken so much further than it was. So I set out on the journey. And could you share a little bit like what were the things that you're like, oh, this is, you know, first thing I'm going to do with Crexy, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is how we are going to be different from auction.com and whatever other things were out there. Yeah, I guess in its most simple form, you know, auction.com was really putting people in a box. They were forcing, if you wanted to use it, you had to transact in an auction. And I started to learn pretty quickly that oftentimes I would sell the property prior to the auction more traditionally or after the auction because the deal wouldn't sell in the auction more traditionally after the auction. And there's just so many different ways to transact commercial real estate. And there's also a lot of tedious processes involved in transacting commercial real estate that would take half your day and really get in the way of just you getting a deal done. And so I, I really thought, you know, the two basic things were most importantly, let's build some tech to solve some of these pain points that, you know, maybe used to take a half a day, I could take it and make it a couple clicks of a mouse and let's make it more flexible. So you didn't kind of get forced to transact in an auction only. I thought over time, you know, that can be an offering we have, but let's make it really flexible so that you can transact in multiple different ways on the platform. And I kind of in the back of my mind thought, if nothing else, you know, this will be a platform that we can transact on ourselves if people didn't want to use it. So that was kind of our backup plan was let's build something where if I had to go start transacting real estate again tomorrow, I would be able to transact better than I could without this platform that we were going to build. And the hope was people saw the value in that, the time saving in that, the different you know advantages of being able to use a platform like ours and everybody would start to use it. And we'd get the whole industry there together. And if we didn't, you know, we had, we at least knew we could transact on it and make it big that way. Yeah. So did you rely mostly on your own expertise or and experiences or did you do user research before? Like, hey, because you're saying basically you mentioned two sort of different points. One is the, the way transaction happened. And then you also mentioned that, hey, we're going to build this platform, which basically like software tools. Right. So which one did you start with or did the first version contain both of these things already? Yeah, we spent about nine months building the first version, and it definitely contained both. Part of transacting is some of the tools. You know, you need those tools to transact more efficiently. So really, in my mind, even though they were tools to help run your business more efficiently, the business we were in was transacting commercial real estate. So we spent the first year nearly just building out the MVP and getting it out there in a way that we felt comfortable and confident releasing it. And we brought a combination, you know, we brought a to answer your second question. We obviously had a lot of ideas ourselves from our days of transacting. I brought a lot of people onto the team fairly early to kind of help formulate the idea. And then also would constantly be bringing in commercial real estate brokers, commercial real estate owners that we knew real well to run ideas by and get a feel for what they thought of what we were building. And uh, could you give an example, you know, for people like myself who don't know or anything about selling commercial real estate? Like, what are some of those pain points that you were solving for them, the daily work ones? Yeah, I mean, it sounds real simple, and I'll start more on the transactional side. But when you're selling commercial real estate, unless someone emails you or calls you, you really don't know who's interested in your property. So just bringing transparency so that if someone looked at the property, you knew who that person was, why they were looking, how long they spent looking. And you could connect with them real easily through a message online or, or call them really quickly. After you talk to that person, 
you're using some kind of CRM system or Excel to take notes on your conversation, a real easy way to enter those notes. And then, uh, you know, another kind of basic one, these are all seemingly really simple, which I think was part of the beauty of it. On like a Friday, you'd have to then go take all of those notes and summarize it and send it to your client and say, hey, this is all the marketing I've done. These are the people I've spoken with. This is who I know is interested in it. This is the feedback I'm getting. And you'd send these like overview reports for all the deals you were trying to sell every Friday. And I figured, you know, let's make that a click of a mouse. So not only do you know real time who's looking at your property, you can also supply them with information and a lot of the document signing and the process of like signing a confidentiality agreement and exchanging documents to get the buyer to know more about the property, who that buyer was, all the notes you had, you literally, you know, all the marketing you've done, you literally hit a button at the end and it spits out that report for you to send over to your seller or client so that they know exactly how effective, you know, the sale is going. Well, that sounds like a huge time saver. Like, are there any, because like, there's a couple of ways that marketplaces often start out. And one of the things is called like the single player mode, I don't know, or a SaaS enabled mode where you start first as a kind of a software tool with exactly these kind of productivity improvements and then later actually get people to the marketplace or to whatever is the, the platform. Did you have people who only use one of the two, for example, who only use, you know, who they're only come there to sort of generate those Friday documents, for example? Yeah, I think that's another thing that we did intentionally in the beginning, kind of went towards our theme of not forcing anybody to do anything any certain way. But we built it to be able to do all of these different things. And we knew if one part of it was valuable to the supply side, we really focused on the supply side, particularly the brokers, the brokers control the supply. If we could just make one part of this better for a broker, they'll start giving us their supply. And you got to kind of figure out, you know, which side of the marketplace you're going to get first. And, and we focused on the commercial real estate brokers and the supply, and we didn't force them to use any particular part of it. You know, there was a lot of other functionality built in that I didn't want to bore you guys with. But as long as they saw value in one of them, the chances they'd start giving it a try and using at least that one part of it, those chances were high. And if they found a lot of value in it slowly over time, they would use more and more of it. Could you say that that was one of your, like your growth tactics, just like building a super good productivity tool that gets, in your case, a supply on board? Yep. And then hopefully more of that stuff will trickle through in the actual transaction. That's right. Yeah. Were you charging anything for the use of the platform, even if you wouldn't transact on there? Not at first. At first, we decided, you know, one thing I thought always was, you know, our goal was just to get everybody transacting in one place, everybody doing their leases in one place. If you do all that really well, there's so many ways to monetize it. And so we were really confident in that thesis. So we decided in the beginning to just keep it free and get everybody there as quick as we could. And still, even now, you know, the ways we monetize now don't get in the way of hurting the marketplace effects. Nothing that we monetize gets in the way of people wanting to use it and getting a lot of value of it for free. You know, that's one thing early on that I could probably suggest to a lot of people out there is if you're going to charge something, make sure whatever you're charging, it's worth 10 times that amount. And if you're, you know, for us, it was, we know this is valuable. We know it's worth something. If we can make it free, everybody's going to have to use it because it's worth good amount of money and it's free, you know, it's kind of that why not proposition. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can scale it in a nice way, then it's not really that much of a problem for you initially. Yep. And then another thing we were really um, forward thinking on was ensuring that when we brought that supply, that we also built tools that let the supply bring their own demand. So really by us letting the supply side use it for free, it got us demand for free too, because we had all these tools within that would really incentivize the broker to want to bring their own buyers and bring the demand side of commercial real estate to the platform also. So that was a big one too. 
Okay, let's unpack that a little bit because that's really interesting because that's always, I think that, you know, one of the network effects that anyone with marketplace or two-sided platform is looking for. You know, you bring one side on board and because there are so much of the one side, whether it's supplier demand, the other side also comes and it becomes this this flywheel. So how does that work in the commercial real estate industry? So just to sort of break up Craxy a little bit. So on the supply side, you're saying are your brokers. Yep. And on demand side, is anybody buying? And now leasing too, yep. A leasing as well. All right. And so is that common then that they have just a set group of buyers? Is that a common occurrence? Yeah, each person, each broker definitely has their own supply side set of users. And if you can incentivize them through the platform to bring their users to us, as opposed to sending them somewhere else, you know, obviously that kind of springs forward that other side of the marketplace that you need to get there. All right. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of gets rid of most of my questions because my next question was going to be, how did you bring demand on board early on? Yeah, it was really through initially just making sure we drove the brokers who were using it, the supply side who was using it to uh, bring their own demand. Then they obviously now get comfortable with the site and you start building features for them too. And so they start to look around and see all of the supply on there and they have a good experience, they stick around. So there was a bunch of different features we built to incentivize brokers and help brokers get their own buyers to the site. And how do you, because like potentially there's a problem that if I'm a supplier, and I bring my demand on board that, okay, once they get on board, do they get exposed to other supply or do you do it so that they only see from the person that they already knew? Because of course you get into this problem that you might be competing. Yeah, it's definitely something that made us a little nervous at first, but obviously we didn't force any of the you know supply side users to bring their own demand. And we were kind of curious how it would work, but it ended up being something that they saw a lot of value in doing. Just to point back to that one feature, for example, you know, if you can click a mouse and it creates your report and you can send that report on a Friday to your seller, I'd much rather all of the people I'm going to drive to that property all go to this one place where I can just hit a button and they be, as opposed to having to add them to that report and still get to that manual work. Now you have, you know, if you drive them to Crexy, you click that button, they're all there. So that's, you know, one of many, many examples of why it was advantageous for the supply side to bring their buyers. It was definitely something we were curious. Will they do this for all the reasons you just suggested? But thankfully, you know, people saw a lot of value in it and a lot of them did and way, way more do now. Yeah, that's fantastic. And when you got started, did you constrain the marketplace by any location initially? Like, did you only do a particular part of the US or did you go domestic wide from the start? Did you do anything like that? Not intentionally. So the first person who pushed me to go start Crexy that I referenced earlier and kind of was our first investor. He's a big owner of commercial real estate. I think he owns about $6 billion of commercial real estate across the country. So when we first launched, he gave us our first four properties to sell. So that was how we launched with four properties for sale. And they happened to all be in Texas. This guy I'm referencing is out of Texas. So, you know, with the four properties in Texas, you could start calling other brokers in Texas and probably get a little bit more of a chance of getting them to say yes to this uh, new concept, this new idea, this new marketplace, you know, kind of say, hey, look, we got these four, you know, why don't you add your stuff? And so, you know, there were some ways we did it that way. But other than just kind of building off once you got a yes in a certain market for a certain property type, you could kind of jump on that and expand on that. But really, there was no strategic focus other than that. Yeah, because often there's this liquidity problem, right? That you have to get both demand and supply that are matching. And so I could imagine, but this is with my limited knowledge of the commercial real estate market, that you would go sort of indeed maybe state by state or even like big city by big city, but you went sort of all in in the beginning all the way. Or did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. On the leasing side, we took a little bit more of a market by market approach. 
you know, by the time we turned leasing on, we had so much recognition in the brokerage community. And a lot of the brokers do both sale and lease. They'll lease property out and they'll sell property for certain clients of theirs. So thankfully, we were able to get a lot of uh, momentum early for the leasing side. But on the transaction side, if you're looking to invest in a property that's going to make a certain return a year and you're looking for a certain tenant, you know, you might be open to five or six different states. Some people might be open to the whole country. So on the transaction side where we started, that's not a very local market. It's more about what's your return, what's the property type you're looking for, what's the investment size you're looking to make. And if it fits that criteria, you're a little flexible typically on, on where the property is located. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. How did you go about getting the first version out? Because you're obviously more of a sales guy. I sort of deduct more of a business guy. How did you go around finding your team? Was this with a buddy? You know, you said you built nine months the first version. How did that happen? Like, yeah, good question. So I had a, a really close friend located here in LA that I had known for a long time. And he was a tech CEO. He had a startup that he was in the process of selling. And he was kind of pushing me more in a friendly way to go start Crexy for at least a year and talk to people he knew and VCs he knew and kind of told me he could introduce me to the right tech people to get the thing built. And we would always kind of just like play with the idea. And I always thought, you know, it was more important for me to get like a really significant player in the commercial real estate space to kind of back us to. And so once my friend in Dallas decided he wanted to back us, I called my friend in LA and he helped put me in touch with a guy who became a good friend and a co-founder of the company who was a CTO of a company that had just sold to Apple. And he was able to put some people on the engineering team that were just world-class. And, you know, there was a little bit of a language barrier. You know, they were all Russian early on, but uh, we all became really close and they're still here today. And they built that first version out for us and still are leading the team. Oh, wow. So is it any company we might know? You said being sold to Apple? The company was called Bursley. So Test Flight okay. was one of the products that they had. Yeah, the app testing thing? Yep, yep. Oh, wow. So that was one of their three products. They were tools for mobile app developers. TestFlight was their marketplace where you could test the app once you built it. And then they had, I want to say, like a data concept underneath their umbrella too. But those were the products that he oversaw. He was CTO of the company, Bursley, that had those three products. And then they sold to Apple. Okay, so you got, I mean, that's great that you got a seriously experienced tech team on board. You didn't go, I don't know, buy the service from someone or something like that. Yeah. And really... uh you know, there was a lot of similarities, believe it or not. We weren't building tools for mobile app developers, but we were building tools for commercial real estate brokers. And then we were building that into a marketplace where TestFlight was their marketplace. So it was a lot easier and a lot less sophisticated tools we had to build for the commercial real estate industry than the tools he was building and his team was building for mobile app developers. So it ended up working out really well. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. That's really nice. One question I had actually, because so... As mentioned, on the supply side, we have the brokers. On the other side, we have investors or, or buyers. Usually with marketplaces, when they come to disrupt an industry like this, they take out the middleman. In your case, the middleman would be the broker, but you have sort of made the middleman the centerpiece on your supply side. I'm thinking that like, is there a fear from the brokers that at one point you will outcompete them, you will take over? Has that never been the intention? How did you solve for that? Yeah, I think, you know, we really focused a lot of the functionality and tools on the broker themselves. I think that's also where a lot of the platforms that existed in the industry or were popping up in the industry went wrong. They were all immediately trying, let's just take over, let's get rid of the brokers. Brokers, we don't need brokers. You know, I don't believe that thesis at all. Our approach has been, let's make brokers able to do three times as many deals as they used to be able to do. Let's save them, you know, most of their overhead a year. 
brokers are still very necessary in a transaction, whether you're selling a property or leasing a property. You know, we wanted to change their world a little bit, just in the fact that like some things that took them a day, a week, or an analyst, or four people on their team and support roles, you know, let's take away some of their needs for support roles. Let's get them actually doing what they do best, getting deals over the finish line, you know, negotiating that last kind of piece of a contract with the buyer and getting the best price and maximizing the best price. I think no matter how smart Crexy's technology gets, and it's really smart, you know, getting someone on the phone that knows that industry knows that space really well, knows that market really well, knows who the tenants can be, knows how to increase rents, and can really advise and move the transaction further than tech can, still a critical, critical piece. And I see that being the case forever. You know, is there a world where it looks a little different? To me, that world looks different just in the fact that brokers can do, you know, 10 times as many deals a year. Right now, you know, a lot of commercial real estate sells in the United States each year, but, you know, it should be way more liquid. You know, why does it take five, six months to sell a property? If you put a platform like Crexy involved, you know, it should take weeks or a month or two months at most to sell a property. The more liquid you can make commercial real estate, the more comfortable people are going to be buying it, the more transactions you get each year. And ultimately then the more money brokers can make. And there's really no need to go after them. We wanted to partner with them from the beginning. And that's how we see it needing to be. Yeah. And then that, that sort of leads into my next question, because obviously we're talking major transactions here. Like this is not like many other marketplaces where you order an Uber or something like that. So then I immediately, the question pops up, like this intermediation or platform leakage or platform brokerage, whatever you would like to call it. What's the situation with that for Craxy? I think, you know, that's part of why we didn't want to force people to use it a certain way when we built it. You know, we wanted to build it so that if you wanted to embrace tech to its fullest, you could fully transact and run your business as a buyer, as a broker, as a seller, as a tenant looking for space. You could fully run that process online. But we didn't want to force that issue. There was no need for us to force the issue. You know, we can add a ton of value without the whole transaction fully taking place on Crexy. And for brokers that aren't comfortable with it, you know, how much value is it that within a week you got paired with the right buyer and were able to get that buyer to transact on a property and earn a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar fee? You know, just the fact that we got the buyer there real time, got the broker to connect with that buyer way before that buyer was able to get on to the next deal or the next broker. How much value we add in that moment is significant. And to us, it wasn't always about forcing everybody to transact online. I think as our technology gets smarter and as the industry gets more comfortable with it, that'll happen. But I thought it was the wrong approach to say, for us to be successful, everybody's got to do it the way we think it should be done. You know, that's not how we wanted to build it. We wanted to build it so it could be done any way they want it to be done and that we always add value no matter what. Yeah. So then my question is, how do you make money? So right now we make money a few different ways. First is uh, we have a subscription for the brokers using us to sell and lease properties. So there's a free version. A lot of the tools I mentioned early on and a lot of the functionality from the beginning is free. But our paid version is an enhanced version of Crexy. Gets them more leads, more exposure to buyers, a little bit more feature functionality to make their worlds easier. So that's a broker subscription model. The second way, and this is a little bit newer, is now that we have all this data on all of these properties that have transacted and all of the activity on all the properties that transacted and markets and which way markets are trending and which way different property types are trending and how pricing is trending, we now can package a data offering that can really, really enhance a buyer's ability to feel comfortable making an offer and going and buying a deal. So we now have a data offering that the brokers get as part of the paid version, but that buyers, appraisers, lenders all can pay for. And then, you know, we can charge you know, pennies on the dollar versus everybody else because we're aggregating that data just by the activity we see on Crexy already. 
So our data product is a subscription as well, and that's our second version. And then third, we have two ways that we earn fees on deals transacting. We have an auction platform now, so there's a fee involved if the deal sells. We only get paid if the deal sells, but you can now run your full auction through Crexy. We also have something called Crexy Elite, which is basically a supercharged version of Crexy that if the deal transacts, we get paid a small fee and it's success-based. So the buyer or the broker, the fee only happens if we transact. So it's riskless in some ways, you know, there's no risk to trying it. Wow, that's, that's because I have a couple of questions about this. So first of all, the last part where you said it's fully risk-free. So is that not the case in regular like real estate buying and selling that happens outside of Craigslist? Would you need to pay up front to get an auction up and running, for example? Yeah, I mean, depending on the platform you use, and this is part of what I thought was broken in the industry before us, you know, you have to pay to list the property. You know, on some of the incumbent just listing platforms, if you wanted to list a property on their marketplace, you have to pay just to list it. You have to pay to market it. You know, you got to put signs on the property. You got to put it in the local newspaper. You got to send mailers. You know, literally the industry was still sending mailers, flyers in people's mailboxes. All of these costs you have to do up front and can cost significant amounts of money. You know, go pay for a drone video, go pay for pictures of the property. And then the other software that we saw for too, a lot of that's all up front. So if you're on our leader auction platform, you know, all that stuff is paid for and you only, you know, we can drive all the traffic you need and service all the other kind of functionality you need and you only pay us if the deal sells. But yeah, a lot of that stuff's all up front. So you also offer marketing services or you just mean just simply getting it on Craxy and, uh, and the existing demand is part of your marketing services? Just getting the demand, our existing demand to the right deals. So if you're paying us, we know who the buyers are. We know what they're looking at. We know how to make sure they see your deal first. A lot of little ways to drive the demand that we already have to the properties. Yeah. And then will you ever, I mean, I could see a way, for example, drone videos or those kind of things. Is there a future where you sort of add up a service level so that, you know, you connect them with people who can make these drone videos or you have some sort of basic package to say, okay, just give us the address and we'll send someone there. Everything gets online. All of the information needs to be there, videos, everything. So we already offer a lot of that stuff. We definitely see it turning more and morphing more into a platform where if you're someone that offers that kind of thing, you know, you can offer your service through Crexy and we can take a little piece. I think that's, you know, definitely on the roadmap in the near, not too distant future. But a lot of that stuff you mentioned is already offered. We already have partnerships in place and the ability to do that stuff for them. Yeah. And so is the idea basically to just grab more and more of the process onto Crexy and really tie people into Crexy? Yeah. I mean, we want to be the aggregator. We want to be the all-in-one platform for all things, leasing, data, and transacting commercial real estate, lending even too. We're, we're in conversations with a lot of major lenders across the country to be able to offer uh, loan options once the property transacts, get you the ability to get a loan at the lowest you know rate possible and best deal possible. And you know, we want to bring it all together in one place. And that's what we're working on. Yeah. A question I had about, because like, uh, you know, one of the pillars that marketplaces also often bring is this idea. Actually, while it's an interesting thing, because marketplaces both bring it and sort of require it, is this level of trust. I can imagine that, especially with these kind of huge, huge uh, transactions, so much relies on, okay, reliability of the offering, etc. You know, how do you produce trust within the Craxy platform? Just a lot of detail into the product. There's a lot of layers of protection and privacy and kind of uh, controls that we put in place to really give the industry the ability to really dictate who sees what and when and how things are done. I think, you know, really how we've addressed that is just making sure we build it into the product to allow them to, you know, do it in a way that they feel comfortable. 
you know, for example, some brokers will want, you know, if you're selling a property, for example, uh, the rent roll is a really important piece of information. You know, if I have five tenants, you know, if it's a multifamily building and there's 10 tenants, you know, are they paying? What are they paying a month? How long do the leases last? You know, that rent roll that explains what the, every tenant is paying. Some brokers are okay with everybody seeing that and some brokers aren't. And some brokers have certain rules that they want to put in place before they're going to allow that information to get into a buyer's hands. You know, we've really carefully thought out how to build that into our software so that they can run it any way they please. And I think that's really, you know, the, the thing we do and has separated us the most is just putting that careful thought into it and then also making sure it's intuitive and easy enough. You know, it's not the most tech savvy group of users you'll ever find. So everything we do has to be really intuitive and really simple and make a lot of sense. And I think that's, you know, another strength of ours. Is it so that with an industry like this, it's kind of big, but it's also rather small? And so often I've seen in other these kind of marketplaces that the, you get some kind of community idea. Is something like that happening in Crexy as well? Is there like a Crexy community? Absolutely. And we've even built that into the software now. So if you're a broker, you can create a profile page. So if you're a person who's thinking about selling, you can go and research who the right broker is to list my property based on their prior success. So basically now there's you know that whole LinkedIn component, call it, where everybody that's on Crexy can have a profile page and talk about their, you know, careers and, you know, what they're capable of executing on in terms of either selling or buying or leasing property. You know, now we're even allowing people to uh, share news articles they write, blogs they write. So there's a whole sharing component we built into it. So community is one of our three pillars. Our three pillars are uh, marketplace, technology, and community. And those are the real things we focus on is state-of-the-art tech and data the most robust marketplace and that community part too. Yeah. You know, was that something that you had in mind? You now mentioned it's one of the three pillars. Was it something you had in mind beforehand or was it something that just sort of organically came along? I don't want to claim that I had all the answers by any means, but, you know, myself and the group of us that I brought on pretty quickly, the vision that we had for what needed to exist in our minds, a lot of this stuff was on that early roadmap. It really was. You know, I thought all of these things were important. All these ideas were important and now, you know, looking at the platform, it's pretty cool because you've seen that whole thing kind of become a reality. And we're still in the early innings, you know, it doesn't do everything we envisioned it doing in the beginning. But, you know, we haven't pivoted. And really, a lot of the things that we thought in the beginning needed to exist in the industry are the same things we've built, like these things we talked about. Yeah. In some marketplaces, community is a really great way also of getting more supply and demand on board. Do you see that as well on your side? Definitely. You know, like an example is like a broker as they put their profile together, they can tell us about and tell the industry about deals they've sold in the past, right? So this is one example of many, but now that we have that profile and brokers are going to fill it out, they want to go back and tell us about every deal they've sold for the last 20 years. You know, that's a lot of really good data that we now can use to enhance our marketplace and enhance the experience in our marketplace. So feeling part of that community just makes them more engaged, makes it a more regular thing that they check. And yeah, that's a big piece of it. Okay, so community, important driver of growth. Could you identify any other big drivers of growth in the sort of journey you had so far that you said, okay, hey, we did this, you know, whether it was a feature or a way of presenting things? I mean, there's so many. There's so many. I can't pinpoint one that really set us apart more than the others. Uh, I think it's the kind of collection of all of it uh, in one place that's really been the growth driver. You know, people even ask that as, as we've gone out and raised money and talk to the VC community, you know, what's like that one moat you have, you know, what's that one thing that's going to separate you. And, and I really think that the one thing is the collection of hundreds of things thoughtfully built out, you know, really strategically, really intuitively, and bringing it all under one roof, I think is really what's helped us grow as fast as we have. So many times, 
early on, even when we were free, brokers would say, I would use you guys, but it's got to be able to do this, this, and this. And, you know, hearing that enough and then really analyzing what this, this, and this was that we wanted to focus on and building that in and being able to go back to that same person, you know, a month and a half later and say, hey, now it does those things. You know, that's something the industry wasn't used to seeing and really hasn't been offered in the past. So I think it's the collection of all of the little things. I ask this question because sometimes something really nice comes up, but also as someone with a like a growth background, it's a compound thing. It's like indeed like a consistent small things based upon small things, small things that eventually start driving it and sort of multiplying it really fast. Now, great answer. I totally buy that. Actually, an interesting point you brought up. So how do you consider new features? Because you said early in the interview that, well, you have your own experience. You brought a lot of the brokers on board. So if you get requests like that, how do you handle those? You know, how do you weigh those and how do you select whether or not you're going to buy it? I think, you know, the one thing we constantly ask ourselves is, does this fit into the bigger picture? We'll never do something that we think doesn't help us become the company we want to become over the next 10 years. So we think really long term. And as long as it doesn't sacrifice like what we're trying to build, who we're trying to become and go against any of like the values that we have of uh, things we believe in and think are important, we add it to the list. And then it's just about prioritizing that list and moving it forward. Great segue to my sort of one of the final questions that what is the 10 years view for Craxi? Could you tell us a little bit about that? I think it's really some of the things you touched on before. You know, it's just the pieces of commercial real estate transacting and leasing and data that we don't offer, building it into it and continuing just to build upon what we've already built and getting the whole industry here. You know, I think it sounds simple, but, you know, we have a data offering. We want it to be the state of the art data, you know, the smartest data, the most usable data, the easiest to use data. I mean, we want to make that world class, the community aspects of Crexy that we're starting to build in and have built in already. You know, we want to really build upon that community aspect, parts of the transaction that maybe people are hesitant to bring online. You know, we really want to bring a lot of that transaction online. We see a lot of benefits to being able to do that. I mean, not everybody's doing it yet, but getting more and more of the industry to embrace that and, and really bring the full thing online. There's so many, so many little things. I hate to use the same answer I just used, but it's trying to make sure it stays simple and stays kind of true to what we want it to be, but adding in all the components that we know are still ahead of us. What would be one of the things that people are not yet bringing online that you are going to bring online? Can you share one? I mean, I, they're all already online on Craxi. It's just they're not all using it. Okay. Yeah. So how much of the market do you think you're capturing right now? Uh, in terms of like parts of it? Like- uh, sorry. Yeah. So I mean, like what percent roughly of the brokers are currently on Craxi and what could you possibly get online? Yeah. So on the transaction side, we probably have half of the brokers that focus on transacting commercial real estate using Crexy and about half the listings, half of all the properties that are for sale are on our site in some capacity. It's really hard to say what percentage like fully transact or online or not at this point. And then on the leasing side, our leasing product's a little newer. You know, we launched that about a year and a half ago, whereas we've had the transaction side out now for four and a half years. And the leasing side, we probably have you know, a good 15, 20% of the market so far. Okay, not bad in one year. And any new markets? I mean, you're now in the US only, or are you global? We are in the US only. We do have some very big international investors now who are big commercial real estate players across the globe who definitely want to one day push us international. And I think we'll definitely get there. With that said, you know, there are buyers all over the world that want to buy properties in the United States. So we definitely have on that side of the business a lot of international people using Crexy to come purchase and invest in property. A lot of people like to own property here in the States. 
And then because Crexy is an open marketplace that's free and brokers can come as long as they're the exclusive listing broker, list properties for sale or for lease and start using the free version on their own. We do have some properties in, in other countries uh, that have been added that we haven't really focused on, but it's happened, but it's not been a focus of ours. But have you had any transactions outside of the US? I'm sure we have. Okay, yeah. All right. Hey, Mike, thanks very much. This is super interesting, really helpful also for me to just understand more and more about business-to-business marketplaces. Any last plugs? Where do people find Crexy? Where do people find you? Yeah, I mean, Crexy.com, C-R-E-X-I.com is our website. You can find it all there. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're on all the social platforms too, but just Crexy.com, real simple. All right, Mike, thanks very much. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Two-Sided, the Marketplace podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe. If you listen on iTunes, we'd also love for you to rate and give us a review. If you got inspired to build your own marketplace, go visit www.sharetribe.com. It's the fastest way to build a successful online marketplace business. Until next time.